Open your Bibles today to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Very familiar verse, and I'm looking forward to sharing uh, this with you. Now, at the conclusion of the service today, I have uh, something important to share with you. So, most of you don't leave early, but if you normally do, you need to stay today because you don't want to miss what I'm going to share. You say, well, Brother Fred, are you going to resign? You're not that blessed. I'm going to be here. <laughs> uh, maybe when I'm 85, I'll pray about it, okay? But I do have something I need to share with you. It's important, and I hope you'll, uh, when I get through preaching and the invitation's over, it won't take about three minutes, but you, you need to uh, hear it. There's certain messages, you know, preachers sometimes um, get concerned about repeating themselves. Well, I, I've preached that message before. I've preached that truth before. And they kind of shy away, shy away from, uh, from, from, from going back and going over stuff that they've done before. Now, one of the reasons for that is that every time you do that, you, you know, you preach something similar to what you preached before. Somebody comes back and comes to you after the service, said, I remember when you preached that, and I wrote it in my Bible, you know. Well, that, that's good. I'm glad they remembered it and wrote it in their Bible. But this truth, I need to preach it really two or three times a year. I can preach it in different ways. But do you understand that the number one way that Satan or his demons attack you, you know the major way they attack you? It's with fear. It's called F-E-A-R. You remember when um, God was raising up uh, Moses and they had to take him into uh, Egypt or wherever he was to, and somebody else took care of him, you know? I mean, Satan wanted to destroy Moses because he knew who Moses was. You know, shortly after I, I was about a 10 or 11, so that means I'd be in the fifth grade or sixth, something like that. After God called me to preach, I, I'm going to tell you something. Now, I'm, I'm nobody, and I know that. And anything I am is by the grace of God. But I'm going to tell you, the devil tried to destroy me. You know how he tried to destroy me? Now, you, 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 you're going to find this hard to believe. As a 10 or 11-year-old boy, I became paralyzed with fear. No reason to be. I had a strong father, godly mother, five sisters. My brother was just young at that time and my other sister. But I promise you, uh, it was hell on earth. And I won't go into the details of what the fear was. doesn't matter, but it was real. But I promise you, the enemy paralyzed me. You say, well, when did you come out of it? When I got in about the ninth grade. So I understand about fear, folks. And I understand how it can absolutely paralyze your life. And it is no, it is no coincidence that God describes the devil as a roaring lion. Be sober, be vigilant, your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he may destroy. The word there is harass, intimidate. You know, you know why a lion roars? One reason, to paralyze its prey. When the lion roars in the jungle, fear ripples 
throughout the jungle. Probably every day Satan roars or one of his demons roar in your life. And you find yourself confronted with fears. Maybe different fears from someone else. But I can assure you that unless we understand about fear and how that in Jesus Christ we can face it and we can overcome fear and we do not have to live in fear but that we can live in faith. That's one reason I love so much. 2 Timothy 1.7. It says very clearly, now listen to this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. See, we just say, well, wow, God didn't give me a spirit of fear. Don't stop there. You just have a vacuum. He said, he didn't give me a spirit of fear. He gave me a spirit of power and a spirit of love and of a sound mind. Man, it's just not that God doesn't give us fear, but it's what God gives us in replace, replacing fear, love, power, love, and a sound mind. You know, you just read the Bible and you see that the word fear not is used over 200 times. It's probably more than that. But conservatively, 200 times, God says, fear not. I, I love Psalm 34, 4. Listen to what the psalmist wrote about how he dealt with his fears. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me. From all of my fears. I said, hallelujah. See, he had fears. He had them. He had to deal with them. He said, but I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. Over in Psalm 56, verse 13, he he talks again about the fact uh, in verse 3. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. I have, in God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. All over the word of God, it talks to us about how that by faith, through the presence of Jesus, we can face our fears because we'll have them. But we can overcome our fears. You, you know, something that's going to uh, kind of let me know how realistic the Word of God is. And even the disciples, after being filled with the Holy Spirit of God, how human they were. And you remember Paul said one time, he said, I came to this city and I was with you. He came there to preach the gospel and to share the gospel. And he said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. You say, well, if Paul had had the faith he ought to be, he wouldn't have fear. Oh, you don't understand. He went. He didn't let the fear stop him from going. He didn't let the fear keep him from preaching. He said, I was just, I want you to know I had to battle weakness and fear and trembling while I was with you. Now, I want us just to look at the Word of God and see how we can absolutely overcome fear. And faith and trust. The presence of Jesus enables us to overcome fear. 
I mentioned to you before that that word trust, as you find it in the Old Testament, has a powerful meaning. For years, I did not know this was one of the meanings of trust. When it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding. When it talks about trusting in the Lord when you face your face, you know what the word trust means? To lie face down. You say, well, I wonder what that is, Brother Fred. Because you know, when you lie face down, you're absolutely helpless. (laughs) You can't run. You sure can't fight. Man, it's hard to get up when you're laying face down. But you know, when you're trusting God, you say, Lord, I'm just lying face down before you. I'm not trusting in my wisdom and my ability and my strength. I'm not trusting. I am trusting in you. And see, when you trust in God and you know he knows you're trusting in you, you are his responsibility. And I promise you, God is going to act on your behalf in a powerful way. I want you to look in the scriptures with me. I want to talk about two things. One, I want to talk about unhealthy and destructive fears. We know they come from the world, the flesh, and the devil. But then having looked at unhealthy and destructive fears, I want to talk about how we can fear not, how we can overcome fear. Turn to Psalm 91. And this is a psalm that greatly deals with this matter of fear. We're very familiar with it. In, In the 91st Psalm, in verses 1 and 2, it says, he talks about trust. He said, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. You're dwelling in the presence of God. You're dwelling in the presence of God. God's presence surrounds you. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide, I like this, under the shadow of the Almighty. God's shadow is over you. You're dwelling in His presence and His shadow uh, uh, shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. I don't have to be afraid. He is my fortress. I don't have to be afraid. In him, I will trust. Now look at verse 4. You're talking about security in the presence of God and the presence of Jesus and trusting him with your fears. It says in verse 4, he shall cover me with his feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. That's the picture of the bird with the little chicks and she wants to keep them warm she wants to keep them safe so she just puts them under her wings and they're protected you heard the story of 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 a fire that swept through a forest they came and there they found sitting uh on a nest or in the place where she inhabited this beautiful bird but was charred but then when they lifted the wings of the bird The little baby birds were still alive. They had been safe under the wings. What a picture of God. He says, I will cover you with feathers. I will cover you with my wings. But I promise you, you're going to have to deal with fears. And in this psalm that talks about not being afraid, it says here, uh, he says, verse 5 of Psalm 91, You shall not be afraid of the terror by night nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that past comes at noonday. He said, you're not going to be afraid. Then he says something 
unusual. And I've, I've used this before with you, but you don't remember it because you don't remember what I preached on two weeks ago. But I guarantee you, you need to hear it again. Now listen to it. Verse 13. In talking about this, listen to what You shall tread upon the lion. What in the world does that mean? And the cobra. Lord, you're going to have to sure show me how to do that because I'm running from any snake I see. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the dragon. It says in King James, you shall trample under your feet. You know, you know what the psalmist said? They're going to be fierce. It's going to be like a, a lion. That's what I call obvious fears. Man, I don't have any trouble recognizing a lion. I don't have any trouble hearing him when he roars. So he said, you're going to tread on the lion. You are going to be able to overcome the obvious fears in your life. You shall tread upon the cobra. You know what that is? That's the sudden and unexpected fears. Oh, you can see a lion. and You can hear him roar. But boy, you, you never know. It seems like you never see the snake till you standing right beside it. And he said, but I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. You're going to tread upon the cobra. Those sudden, unexpected fears. You're going to put them under your feet. And then he goes on and says, in verse 13, and the young lion, and then he says, the dragon. Now, if the lion is obvious fears, and if the cobra is sudden and unexpected fears, then the dragon is unfounded or imaginary fears. Of course, there's no such things as a dragon. I mean, you know, there's no dragons. Some of you say, oh, you know, no, 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 brother Fred, I like Puff the magic dragon. Forget it. There's no such thing as a dragon. All right. You said there used to be dinosaurs. I said, there's no dragon. But you know, let me tell you what we have to deal with. All of us, we have to deal with the lion. Those obvious fears that we all face. You know, you, some people fear the de- dread of disease. I mean, it's just a constant thing. Well, man, I hope I don't get that disease, or I, I hope I don't get that disease. And I hope. Did you know that some people live with the fear that they might get a disease? Well, my grandma had that disease, and, and, and they live with the fear of disease. Some people live with the, the fear of death. You know, the Bible says death is an enemy. And some people, they've not come to grips with the fact that in Christ we live forever. And and it's not so much that they may be afraid of dying, but of how they're going to die. But but they live with the fear of death. A lot of people live with the fear of uh, an insecure marriage. I I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if we're going to make it. I don't know if it's going to last. So much strife. And some of you really... That's a a nagging fear. Well, I don't know. I don't feel secure. Some of you deal with uh, the fear of a wayward child. You're afraid that they're going to get with the wrong crowd or may may already be, and they're, they're wondering. And see, those are the obvious fears. Some people dread with the fear of finances. Well, I'm just not, I'm, I'm, one, of these, one of these days, I'm going to run out of money, and, and I just don't know what I'm going to do, especially as you get older, as you get older. You know, my mother was one of the most godly women and was a great woman of faith, a great woman of faith. And, and she was probably in her mid-70s, and the time came for her to move out of her house. She'd live by herself and move over to uh, 
Westminster was the name of the place and had a beautiful little place to live there. But, but she, she, uh, uh, she said, well, we, she sold her house and she said, we're going to move over there. And, and, and it, it cost a little bit a month. But this is what she said. She said, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. She said, I'm going to move over there and, and I won't have any money and I'll just starve to death. I mean, give me a break. I said, we said, mama, wait a minute. You got seven children. First of all, you got plenty of money. I mean, not plenty, but you got enough to live on. But I said, you, you know, you've you, you got to understand. But just for a moment, she said, well, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. Maybe it was a part of her age, but maybe it's just something all of us deal with sometimes. This fear of fine. It's the obvious fears. But, but they come, and we've got to deal with them. And God doesn't want you to live under those fears. No. Then there's the unexpected fears. The sudden You'll tread on the cobra. Man, it comes out of nowhere. Just like that. This fear comes. And man, it, it, some, it, you know, sometimes it's just a fear that just comes out of nowhere. And, and it comes in your heart. And, 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 and it really strikes fear in your heart. You know, some people get to the place where they have what they call panic attacks. I think I had one close to one one time, and I said, Lord, I hope I never have a full one. And I'm not saying that in a, in a, in a joke. I, I'm serious with you. But the sudden fears that come out of nowhere, it's just like a snake that just, it, it, before you know it, it's struck. Boy, I, I, tend, I, you know, I guess the reason I don't like snakes is the devil came as a serpent. You know what I mean? And there are only two kinds I'm scared of, little ones and big ones. And other than that, I'm not having a problem with snakes. <laughs> Don't, 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 don't ever tell me you've got a pet snake. You're weird if you've got a pet snake. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. But he said, you're going to tread on the cobra. What he's giving these people, the promises is, the lion's going to roar and fear's going to come, but you're going to overcome it. And the sudden unexpected fear is going to come, and it's going to strike, but you're not going to stay there. The psalmist said, and, and, and Proverbs 3, uh, uh, proverb writer said in Proverbs 3, 25, I will not be afraid of sudden fear when it comes from the wicked. And then, of course, there's what I call the unfounded fears. You, you're going to tread on the dragon. I've told you this before, but you know one of the most tragic stories? The, the guy was involved in, in making airplanes, and I think his last name was Hughes, I mean, you know, and, and, and he was worth billions of dollars. But you know what he got afraid of? Germs. Germs. And so, man, he, did, he, 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 cl he closed off all the, uh, uh, didn't let any light in his house and lived secluded in a penthouse and just absolutely was a prisoner of the fear of germs. Well, thank God I'm glad he doesn't hang around me and Bo. He would really have a problem. <laughs> we eat ice cream out of the same spoon, and people say that's not right. But I'm healthy. I ain't got a problem. Bo's a lot more healthy than I am. <laughs> if you don't believe me, you just look at him. Now, I'm going to do better about that. But see, there are those unfounded fears. So, so many times... You have fears about things that aren't ever going to happen. They're just imaginary. The devil just loves to blow up stuff that just is not real. It's a dragon. But he said, you know, you're going to tread on them. They're not going to overcome you. You're going to overcome them. And so the question is, how do we overcome these unhealthy, destructive fears? 
All right, now let's go to 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. I love this because this is exactly the way you do it. God has not given us the spirit of fear. Okay, so if I'm afraid, then i got to realize that God hadn't given me that. Now, I can be concerned, and I'll pray. Nothing wrong with being concerned. Now, worry is where you don't do anything about it. You just worry. If it's concern, you pray about it. But now, fear is another thing. It says God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. And so what, but he says, but let me tell you what I do give you. He, I give you the spirit of power. So obvious fears, unexpected, sudden fears, imaginary fear. He said, I give you the spirit of power. And then he goes on and said, I give you the spirit of love. And then I give you the spirit of a sound mind. Man, I got to thinking about that. And I just, you know, we all have to face fears. I'm just telling you. I I was paralyzed by it when I was 11 years old. Later on when I was 20, I went through another time. But let me just tell you something. God has given us, hallelujah, the spirit of power. And you know what that spirit is? First of all, it is the power of the indwelling Christ. You, You know why you don't have to be, why you can deal with fear and overcome? Because Jesus Christ lives inside of you. Man, if you're a child of God and Jesus Christ lives inside you, there's the power of the indwelling Christ. The Bible says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. Galatians 2.20 says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Listen, when the fear comes, you can say, but praise God, Jesus Christ lives in me. And all that he is, he is in me. I have the power of Christ in me. And I can face any fear that comes into my life. Man, it's, um, there's a great verse over in Colossians 3.3. 3. You just need to meditate on this sometime. He said in verse 1, since you're raised, set your affection on things above where Christ is. But then he says in verse 3, now get this, for you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. He says to the believer, your life is hidden with Christ in God. I mean, I'm telling you, it is the spirit of power, the power of the indwelling Christ. Oh, yeah, you, the fears come, and we have to face them. But then we but confess, but Jesus Christ lives in me, and all that he is, he is in me. And my life is hidden with him in God. And he said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And whatever fear I ever face, the Son of God is greater than that fear. Christ in me. God has given us the spirit of power, the power of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling Holy Spirit. You you know what really shows me how that one of the ways we deal with fear and overcome is by the power of the Holy Spirit? Before Pentecost, Peter was a coward. He cursed and denied Jesus three times. But man, at Pentecost... The Holy Spirit, like a rushing mighty wind, set upon them like tongues of fire, and the very glory of God and the very life of God and the very Spirit of God came to indwell Peter and that early church. And then I want you to know Peter, the guy who said, by the fire, I don't know him, and cursed. 
That same Peter stood on the day of Pentecost and he looked at those Jews who had nailed Jesus to the cross and he said, I want you to know the same Jesus that you crucified, he is now Lord and he is Christ. And man, he was as bold as a lion. What happened to Peter? i tell you what happened to him. God's Spirit came to dwell in him. And he had the power of the Spirit of God. And that's where boldness comes from. Boldness from the presence of the Spirit of God. And the, all the early disciples, all of them died a martyr's death. You say, well, I couldn't do that. You, you don't know if you could until you had to. But I want to tell you why. They, they were able to face anything because the Spirit of God dwelled in them. And that he dealt with, they dealt with every fear by the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. God's given us the spirit of power, presence of Jesus in our life, the indwelling Christ, the presence of the Holy Spirit, but he's also given us the powerful word of God. Man, you know what you need to do with those fears? You need to address them with the word of God. The word of God is alive and what? Powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. This word of God is powerful. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ addressed the devil with the word of God. And the disciples would go out and they would address every fear in every situation with the word of God. And whatever your fear might be, you just get a word from the, from the word of God. You take a scripture and you just use that scripture and you speak to that fear with the word of God. You address that fear with the word of God. And I'm telling you, God honors that and the word of God is the power to overcome fear you know Psalm 40 Isaiah 41 you just need to put this on your refrigerator you need to do it so when you go to get something to eat you'll see it or you can put it on you ladies can put it on your mirror when you go to put your makeup on but anyway you need to put it somewhere you see it Isaiah 41 10 I'm talking about the power of the word of God to overcome fear. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed, I am your God. Hallelujah. I will strengthen you, and I will help you, and I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. Man, what a promise. He said, I'll strengthen you, and I'll help you, and I'll hold you. Uphold you with my righteous right hand. He said, fear not. And then he said in verse 13 of Isaiah 41, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, fear not, I will help you. I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying, fear not, I will help you. I I don't know. I hadn't planned on telling this, but I'm going to tell it. It was ridiculous. Back many years ago when I was at uh, Cottage Hill, um, that, there was a person that had threatened to kill me. And that happened two or three times. You know, I don't know why I'm such a likable person. But anyway, <laughs> we took it seriously. We took it seriously. So they said, Brother Fred, for two or three weeks, we're just going to have a, a, a private, det- a, I don't know what it was, uh, some guy that was supposed to protect me. Well, you know, he showed up and he had on sunglasses. And I said, my Lord, this is not too inconspicuous. I felt like an idiot. But this guy with sunglasses followed me around everywhere I went. Needless to say, after two weeks, he was unemployed. 
Because my thing was, if God can't protect me, he sure can't protect me. And I'm not saying people don't need security. There are crazy people in this world, and I understand that. But I just looked back on that and said, hey, and, and, and you know, to be honest with you, you don't, you, don't, you don't take things like that unseriously, but you never let them paralyze you. Listen, every place Paul went to preach, he knew he probably was going to end up in jail and they were going to threaten his life. But it never stopped him. And if you let fear stop you, the devil has won. And so how do you overcome fear? You overcome by the spirit of power, the power of the indwelling Christ, the power of the word of God, and the power of the indwelling spirit. But let me quickly say this. I'm going to wind it up. There's a second one. He said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Indwelling Christ, indwelling spirit, the word of God. But of love, the power of love. Now, this is my greatest weapon against fear. And I want you to turn and look at it with me. This is the weapon I use. And I promise you, if I use this, fear goes. It goes rapidly. It goes quickly. And I just have to go back and confess it and, 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 and believe it. But I promise you now, this does more to get rid of fear than anything you'll ever do. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says, We have known and believed the, the love that God has for us. He says, We know and we believe how much God loves us. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. He said, Buddy, We know and we believe how much God loves us. All right. And I want you to look at verse um, 18. Are you ready? He's talking about how he knows how much God loves him. He said, there is no fear in love. Okay, now, the word no means no. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. And look at the next part. Because fear has torment. That is an understatement. Does fear have torment? Does it ever? Tormented by fears. He says there's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. For fear has torment. He who has fears has not been made perfect in love. Now here it is. When you know how perfectly God loves you. Listen to me. When you know the breadth, length, depth, and height, and you know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, and you're filled with the fullness of God, when you, not just in your head, but in your heart, know how perfectly God loves you, how deep and wide and broad and high his love is. You are swallowed up in the love of God. And man, he said, if you know how perfectly God loves you, then it'll cast out all fear because you have a loving God who is, has you in his hand. And see, then that made me really appreciate the verse over in Romans 8. When you know and experience how much God loves you and you rest in that love, God loves me and he always wants what's best, highest and best for me. When you rest in that assurance, man, God loves me and I am secure in his love. Then you can go over to Romans chapter 8 
And we love these verses. What can separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation? Distress? Persecution? Famine? Nakedness? Peril or sword? No. And all these things that we're more than conquerors through Christ that loved us. Then he goes on and says, Paul was so secure in the love of God. He said, I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, no other creature can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The enemy comes and tries to make you afraid. No matter you say enemy, Satan, the name, name of Jesus, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine. I'm more than a conqueror through Christ, and I am secure in the love of God, and he is my God, and nothing can touch me unless God allows it. Now, you can disobey God, get out there and get in trouble. You can't blame that on God. But I promise you, when you're in the will of God... All right, here's the last thing. God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and love. And here's the last one, a sound mind. Woo. Is there anybody in America who has a sound mind? Is there anybody in Washington who has a sound mind? I was talking to somebody the other day. I said, I think there are only two people that have a sound mind, and I'm not sure about you. Can I ask y'all a question? What is a sound mind? I'd like to know. What is a sound mind? God said he'd give us a sound mind. And with a sound mind, well, I know this is right. You can try to complicate it if you want to, but this is right. And I know it's right. And I'm going to go to heaven believing it's right. When you know the word of God... And believe the word of God. And by the power of, your, of God's spirit, order your life according to the word of God. You've got a sound mind. Now, for your example, your marriage. If you know what the Bible says about marriage, the husband's relationship with the wife, the wife's relationship to the husband, and about the relationship of the parents with the children. Now, when you know what God's word says and you believe his word, and you order your life, and you, by the Spirit, live according to the word of God, that is a sound mind. You can even take it in the area of finances or money. When you know what God says about finances, and God says about money, and God says about covetousness, and says don't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives you all things richly to enjoy, when, when you understand and you let the Word of God order your life and give you direction in finances, you're operating with a sound mind. Any area of your life where you know what the Word of God says and you believe the Word of God and you say, that's the way I'm going to live. I'm going to order my life and live my life according to the Word of God. Not man's latest philosophies, not man's latest feeling but the Word of God. I'm telling you, when you know the Word, believe the Word, and live your life in the power of the Spirit by the Word of God. It's a lamp to your feet. It's a light to your path. 
He instructs you and teaches you, hey, you got a sound mind. I'm telling you, I'm all for education and I'm all for intellect. It's nothing, but I won't promise you right now. You can, you can have a Ph.D. and not have a sound mind. You can have no education and have a sound mind if you know and believe the Word of God and order your life according to God's Word by His Spirit. Now, let me ask you a question. What, what are your fears? What are you dealing with? I don't know what yours are, but I'm going to tell you something. You can face them, and you can overcome them. Obvious, unexpected, unreal. You don't have to live in fear. That's the promise of God. So you go every day and say, God, give me that spirit of power and love and a sound mind, and you attack those fears, and you refuse to give in to them, and you pray, and you believe God, and I promise you, you can put the, you can make the lion stop, shut his mouth if you'll just let the Spirit of God and the presence of Jesus and the Word of God deal with your fears.